0: You know, there were some people out there who thought the Steam Room Episode 2
1: would never happen. We on a roll right now. yeah. Thanks to the millions and millions of viewers out there who downloaded the podcast (laughs) and were clamoring for
0: Episode (laughs) 2. Viewers and listeners both. Welcome, everybody, inside the Steam Room. It's great to have you with us. Um, In the next 45 minutes or so, we'll have... uh, Tim Kiley, our longtime producer, will, is that, is that will, be, he, will be joining us. Is that what he, he's a producer? Yeah, we'll have all kind of uh, uh, stimulating conversation from the Chuckster about the news of the day. Stimulating. I like that we'll be We'll be talking about... Uh, this is the last show before Christmas. Oh, really? And also our last podcast before New Year's. Oh, my goodness. We have next week off. so uh, No, we don't. From, from the podcast we do. Oh, okay. We will be doing a game on... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not Christmas. happy about that. Okay. We'll yep. see how much pull you have about getting another episode of the steam room
1: in there. So, so I'm trying to figure out, because it's going to be annoying either way to try to get to Atlanta the day after Christmas. So now I'm trying to debate whether to leave the day after Christmas at 6 a.m. Because I think the
0: airport is probably going to be a zoo. Leave Christmas night. Yeah, so... <sighs> And see, because yeah, it won't be as uh, it won't be as crazy getting uh, out on Christmas. But night. I hate landing like five in the morning and, and like no, it's the worst. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> no, I'm done for the rest of the day when I take that red eye. Anyway, that's OK. I'll be turkey out by then. Yeah. So um, we always start as we have since the first episode. Um with first of all.
1: Yes. First of all, you know you have a lot of money when you get 100 Nut Cheerios. I've had the regular Cheerios. First of all, you know anybody riding a motorcycle who makes millions of dollars
0: is an idiot. First of all, zero plus zero is zero. We're in the steam room. Is this a chance to blow off steam? Yes, you? this is definitely. What are attempt. you blowing off steam? about?
1: Well, first of all, I want to apologize to our steam producer, Tim Kiley. Uh I made the mistake before the season started because we have another. Jackass who works his
0: name, Steve Steve Fiorello. Steve Fiorello, of course, is the longtime director of Inside the NBA.
1: Who's the biggest Cleveland Browns fan in the world. And I made the mistake of jumping on the Cleveland Browns bandwagon. And I was talking crap, just like Fiorello, we're going to the Super Bowl, even though I don't even have a dog in that fight between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. But I was riding or die with Fiorello. So I'm dead. The Cleveland Browns stink, uh, and they mouthy, annoying, won't shut the hell up. Guys talking about get me out of here. Uh, you know, it, it's all it's all on the coaches. Uh, I get annoyed, Ernie. When Are you a Baker Mayfield fan, by the way? I don't dislike him. Uh, I wish all jocks the best, but. The one thing you have to understand about our business, Ernie, when you're losing, you need to shut the hell up. I mean, that's the way this thing works. Uh, uh, With all these talking heads on television, as long as you're winning, you can say what you want to, you can do what you want to. But when your team stinks and you keep talking, it ain't a good look. So, Cleveland Browns, I apologize, Mr. Timothy Kiley, And, Mr. Fiorello, I'm never going to jump on your
0: bandwagon again. And you can actually apologize to TK later on in this podcast when he joins us. But I just want to blow off some steam.
1: I'm going to take a serious note here for a second. I want to give my thoughts and prayers to Josh Gordon. I feel so bad for this kid because it's like... I'm watching a bad movie. I told you, I went through it with my brother. I'm like, I know how the movie's going to end. I mean, my brother didn't have to die at 40. But he, uh, he, he like, anybody who get hooked on, drip, you see, we got a really serious thing with this opioid thing out there right now. When, when it gets its claws into you. And, it, it, like I say, and I know, I always use this analogy. I'm like, uh, two of my favorite people are George Clooney and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Every time I watch The Perfect Storm, I'm like, come on, you got to make it this time. Yeah. And they never make it. They drown every time. And when I speak to kids about drugs, I says, yeah, that's how the movie's going to end. If you get involved with drugs, you can't control it. You can't do a little bit of drugs. You have to stop. And And it's all complicated now with the marijuana legal in all the states, which... I'm not a pot guy. I told you I smoked pot five or six times in my life. All it made me want to do is eat potato chips. (laughs) But I wonder, I really wonder. What uh, was your chip of preference? uh, Lay's and Pringles. Okay. Yeah. But uh, we digress. Go ahead. We digress. But I'm concerned. Like, number one, you know, there's some jocks out there who talk about it. I have no problem if they want to use it for their health. Uh, you know, that's like I said, I don't know how it works, but if guys want to use it for their health, especially football players, I got no problem with it, but I wonder in X amount of years, if making pot legal in all these states are not going to come back to bite us in the ass. Uh, I, 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 I I think about that. I worry about it, uh, because, because at some point it's, it's, I think it's going to be legal in all fifty states at some point, uh, but I wonder if in ten years or more, everybody's going to be walking around smoking pot, and these people are going to be driving smoking pot, and we're going to have people just addicted to pot. And I just, I just worry about that
0: aspect of it. You know what I've never been to, and I know it's one of your bucket list things, and you were there again this past weekend for the Army-Navy game. And what, what I thought was really cool, Chuck, is you took underdog with you, Joe Underhill, who's our um, researcher on the NBA. And so tell me about your weekend in Philly or your Saturday in Philly for Army-Navy. Ernie, I told you last
1: year, was, uh, that was on my bucket list to go to the Army-Navy game, and
0: it was everything I thought it was going to be. How different is it than going to an Auburn game in terms of excitement, fans into it, getting their early things to see? What- well, the difference between Alabama, Auburn, Ohio State, Michigan,
1: USC, UCLA, those fan bases hate each other. That's the difference. There is so much respect, and the camaraderie is, I just want to beat y'all today, but it's so respectful. And that thing where they do after the game well, the losing team, the winning team has to go to the losing side and sing their alma mater. So side. Army
0: had to go to Navy's side this year. Uh, they go second,
1: though. Okay, Did so they, they go to the losers? I mean, can you imagine that, that Alabama, Auburn, uh, Georgia, no, Florida go <laughs> to the other sideline and sing their alma mater song? <laughs> no, I don't see that happening. Yeah, so they go to the losing side first oh, okay. out of respect. Then they go to the winning side and sing the alma mater right together. And everybody is at attention. It's the coolest thing.
0: And, listen, I – It's certainly one of those days, Chuckster, you don't want to beat the traffic. You 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 want to be there for – before the game and you want to be there to watch all that happens Everybody
1: stays and watch the singing. That's awesome. I mean, it's an amazing thing. Like, nobody has left. Like – and you know they give you a couple of seconds to get everything together and get everybody to the sideline, but nobody leaves. It's one of the coolest things I've ever experienced.
0: So it has to get this like the, the patriotic blood pumping in you when you're when you're at that. You
1: know, Ernie, I did a USO tour uh, a while back. I went to Iraq, Kuwait, Dubai, and Qatar. And the, the first thing it comes across to me is how young they are. And man. To, to put yourself in harm's way, live that type of lifestyle, is admirable. Um, I've always had respect for anybody who had the curse to go in any form of the service. But, man, uh, when I went on that USO tour, I was caught off guard by how young everybody was. But, man, you have to be a special person to want to live that type of life.
0: You go from that on Saturday where... You're seeing flyovers and you're seeing yeah. service members. And, um, and then on Wednesday night, if you watched it or you woke up to a Thursday morning, you see that the president of the United States has been impeached. I mean, in the span of those yeah. several days, how, uh, I, 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 just, I thought about you when, when this was all going down. How do you view that? I just feel sadness. Uh, I, I really just feel sadness.
1: Because, number one, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's gonna happen, and I'm so. Uh, we talked about a little bit last week. Like these politicians, the Democrats and Republicans, they just vote along party lines. Like Ernie, if me and you, whether we are Democrat, Republican, white, black, Alabama, Georgia, like the the action is the action. I'm not gonna say, well, I'm a Republican. I'm just gonna vote this way. I'm a Democrat. I'm just gonna vote this way. And I just get
0: disgusted that these politicians aren't doing their jobs. Do you feel like he should have been impeached? Based on what you have heard through all the hearings, do you feel like this was the correct thing to do? That's a
1: great question. Um, Yes, I think he should have been impeached. But I, I, I get mad. Like I never talk bad about the president because he's the president of the United States. Uh, I'm an independent, lean toward the Democratic Party. I'm just disappointed in the way the president acts, the way he insults people, uh, the way he tweets all the time, sometimes mean things. Because that to me, I get mad at these jocks who don't go to the White House. I've been to the White House twice. It's an honor and a privilege. I don't care who's in there, Republican or Democrat. To me, it's an honor to go to the White House. And they made it political. But if I got a chance to go to the White House, like I said, I'm not a fan of of President Trump. But if I got invited to the White House, I would take it
0: as a a badge of honor. and I mean, that's an awesome thing. How about for an athlete who says, if I show up there, it's like I'm endorsing what he's doing? No, that's not true. That's not true at all. Because
1: this thing has gotten so out of whack right now because it's so politicized. I'm pretty sure that has been athletes in every sport in the history of society didn't vote for one. The president was in there, but still thought it was an honor and a privilege to go to the white house. Uh, it's the most prestigious office in the world. And like I say, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, that guy, he represents the United States. I think Jim Brown, Somebody I admire and respect said, he says, regardless if you like Trump or not, he's the president of the entire United States. Um, I don't think everybody voted for Trump is racist. Uh, I did not vote for him. Uh, But I don't think everybody voted for Trump is racist. But my thing is, being the president, you have to you have to be above all the fray. You have to be presidential. You have to be presidential. And I think when you're tweeting bad things about people and calling them cowards and liars and things like that, uh, I just don't think that's
0: presidential. Not really easy to transition to another topic after that, but let's let's turn to happier, brighter things. Yes, Charles. let's do this. It's Christmas season. This is our last show before Christmas. I love it for you. Our the last kids. show before New Year's. What okay, so you lo- okay? You love it for the kids. Do you I, love it for yourself at all? I, I, I mean, do you, I love, do, do you get in the Christmas spirit? I do, you do you listen not. to Christmas carols? Do you listen to well? Christmas first of all, music? Christmas caroling is not a thing. I'm not saying you have to be caroling. That's, you can have on your playlist Christmas songs. Uh, the only Christmas song. Well, there's a couple.
1: I think. First of all, I could listen to that Mariah Carey song every day for the next month because I think it's the greatest Christmas song ever.
0: Um, what is all I want? All I want for, for Christmas? Christmas is you. As, uh, and, and now it's number one for the first time, right? I, I don't know I, why. I I saw that on you the know, it somewhere. should be
1: number one every year. I mean, it's the most amazing song. Uh, I think Michael Jackson, Santa Claus is coming to town. Those really are the only two songs I listen to. You know, How about Nat King Cole? Uh, Ernie, the you're, the, you're the song. only person who's old enough to know who Nat King Cole. But I, people still I, I know listen his son. to Nat King Cole. First of all, his, his daughter got nuts
0: roasting on that an is, open fire. That's a good guy. song. I'll give you yeah. that. I actually Jack got Jack Frost, coming at your Stop nose. Millie Vanilla, um, Tiny Tots, go ahead. Okay, you know With I their actually, eyes all aglow. We'll find it hard to sleep
1: tonight. Go ahead. I'm gonna have a hard sleep night. I'm gonna be thinking about you singing all day, <laughs> but. Ernie, for me, Christmas is interesting because once you get money and things like that, people don't look at you the same anymore. Like when I when I was beginning life and didn't have any money, people like loved just like oh, you get your family and friends stuff, and they loved it. But then when you start making money, they look at you like, oh, did you get me something good? And it's frustrating because. It's supposed to be the thought of giving, just saying, hey, man, I bought you something because you're a good friend. Right. I bought you this because I'm just thinking about you. But then when you get in a position like myself, people are like, like, uh, oh, is that, that, all? That, is that all you got me? i <laughs> uh, like, well, I bought you a car last year. You only got me a sweater this year, though. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to trade. What you want next? Oh, you bought me a house. What's next? Oh, you bought me an outfit. Yeah, because I bought you a house last year. What, do you want another house? So I get frustrated that people – that's why I'm a firm believer that only kids should get gifts. I think you should get gifts up to 18, and that's it. I like that idea. Yeah, only kids up to 18. If I was king of the world, I would say you have to buy your family and friends stuff up to their 18 –
0: And then after that, you just give them a hug and say, hey, thank you for everything. I love you. It's interesting that you said that, Chuckster, because you know what? It got to the point, uh, and I love Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving is my favorite day. Oh, my God. The greatest day ever. My favorite holiday. Yeah. But at Christmas, it was getting me frustrated and and taking me out of the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Because like Cheryl Ann and I, you know, would set aside a day where we'd go do our shopping for each other, you know, so we're going to spend, you can spend this much money you're going here. I'm going here. And it was like, I'm just buying something to buy something Yeah, because she didn't really need it. I didn't really need it. And so we have, for the last seven or eight years, we take any money we are going to spend on each other, and we go to a store near our house and just pay for folks' stuff until the money runs out. That's awesome, And then we man. split. And it has made the biggest difference in how we enjoy the Christmas season. And that it's it's not about, what did you get? Oh, you only got me this. Why yeah. did you get And it's like, let's surprise well, somebody, and it's an awesome way to do it. Well, that's so cool that you share that, and I never heard that before.
1: And I'm going to give you some love because, you know, you know, when we do our show, uh, we're going to get bring a bunch of kids in and, and buy them gifts, which is really cool. Because I've been doing that in Arizona for years where I go to a homeless shelter and take a bunch of kids to target or Walmart and give them a couple hundred dollars. Which is interesting because it's funny, Ernie, because you give them $200 and some of these kids are so amazing. Like, I say, hey, 200. And they buy 10 things. Uh-huh. And then some of the kids buy one thing. Mm-hmm. And we, me and the group sit around like, that kid right there. Some of them are really good with math. Some of them come up to like $199.95. <laughs> and then, You're and Mr. Barkley. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some of the kids, they'll just buy one thing, and it's cool. But to get back to my original point, us guys on the show, we're all successful and been blessed to have a great life and make a, a, a great money. And when you said a couple of years ago, guys, we're just buying stuff for guys who got everything. And you says, why don't we bring a bunch of kids in here? And that, to me, when you had said that, I was like, that's a great idea. Because uh, it's a great idea for two reasons. Number one, Shaq only going to give us crappy gifts that he <laughs> endorses. So I, we got tired of getting stuff that he endorses. Uh, but secondly, the look on those kids' faces. Uh, because like I said, we anything we want, we can obviously go get. But the, for kids who don't have anything, to go out and brighten up their Christmas, man, it's well, good uh, for your soul, it's man. It's good it really for is. your soul because like, you like I can't imagine not getting anything for Christmas. Like even let's see, my mother and grandmother, no matter how poor we were, we always got something for Christmas. Like, we didn't, like, they made a conscious effort. We're not going to be the only kids who don't get anything for Christmas. I will always appreciate that. And One of the reasons, I, God rest their soul. But to be able to, they're like, hey, we can't get y'all stuff throughout the year. But we always got something for Christmas. And that sticks with me when you brought that up.
0: Uh, it's amazing but you know what it also points out to you Chuck is that there are a lot of moms and dads out there yeah. who at this time of the year are really hurting because they want to give their kids they do that kind of a christmas and and maybe they don't have the opportunity yeah. to do it and so um yeah any way we can try to help somebody yeah. out and make yeah. and make it happen They're just
1: like it's like, uh, like I do when we bring those kids in like we remember you remember when we got them bikes yeah And this young girl says, and I remember the look on your face because it it, it melted your heart. She says, is this my bike for real? Yeah. And and you said, yeah, it's yours, she says. And and she says, for real, for real? And you says, yeah, it's yours. She says, I get to take it home? (laughs) We say, yeah, you get to take it home. But that pure joy for somebody who hadn't been jaded by all the
0: stuff, uh, it's nothing like it, Hey, Chuckster, um, with the new year looming, um, are you going to make any resolutions? I want to keep losing weight. I just How much have you lost? 40 pounds.
1: I'm, I just crossed a 40-pound barrier. Got about, I want to lose about another 35. How are you doing that? You know, Ernie, one of the great decisions I made uh, this summer, I got a bike. Really? A
0: stationary bike, uh, no, or no, a road bike, a road bike, and because a friend. How of many my, sets of tires you're going through on that bad boy? Three. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> it's the best thing ever, Ernie, because what it does is, number one, you get bored riding a stationary bike. But I'll just take off for an hour, hour and a half, and just ride around out in Arizona, Arizona, and in nice and flat. Yes. Are there a lot of cars out where you're at? Where no, you're no, at? no. I'm, I'm in the rich neighborhood. Not a lot of cars. Um, <laughs> wait, I don't live in the city. I live in the suburbs. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm in the suburbs. Still, people still have to drive automobiles. Yeah, yeah, but I'm in the area with all the uh, uh, old folks. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. They be, they be, so even listen, if they hit you, it's going to just, just knock me over. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's it one of the best decisions I ever made. Uh. And like I say, I don't even feel like I'm working out. Yeah, I do like riding bikes. Yeah, that's a good thing. I gained 75 pounds when I got my hips. I was getting really fat and lazy because, you know, the fatter you get, the less you want to work out. Mm -hmm. But what's amazing, like I've only lost 40. I got 35. I don't think you realize, and and I don't mean in a disrespect to the fat person out there because, I mean, we all have to make our own decisions, but... I don't think you feel, realize how crappy you feel until you start losing weight. Yeah. And my boxing trainer, Joey, he's been amazing with me also. But, like, when you start losing weight, you just feel so much better. Right. And I can't wait to get this rest of this weight off of me. Uh, and that'll get me about 20 pounds, 25 pounds over my playing weight, <laughs> which was? 250. Okay. So uh, so I don't think it's, uh, you know, I'd have to kill myself to get down to 250 again, but being 20 pounds overweight won't hurt
0: you health-wise. You've had resolutions in the past. (laughs) This can't be good. I got two New Year's resolutions. I'm going to be on lost
1: 50 pounds, and I'm going to learn Spanish. I've had green beans every day since January the 1st. I'm going to take yoga. I can't right now, but I'm going to start
0: Monday. So you've lost some weight, yes. that's, and that's from the past. I don't think uh, uh, you, that you're bilingual yet, are you?
1: Ernie, that's one of the great disappointments disappoint- in my life. I've got Rosetta Stone twice. It's still sitting on my desk. Have you opened the box? No, I haven't opened the box <laughs> yet. But that's, <laughs> I, Ernie, that's one of
0: the key steps, Chuckster, er, in learning gonna, another language.
1: I'm going to learn Spanish. That's on my
0: bucket list. I've been saying it for over for 20 years yeah, now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But so what's holding you back from taking that next step? If that's a bucket list thing and it's sitting on your table. Yeah. I, I, you don't really want to be. Uh, no, I want to be, okay. be bilingual. I want to be bilingual. I want to walk up
1: to, uh, I live in Arizona and this, the, the Hispanic people are amazing.
0: I love being around them. I want to be able to converse with them. Yeah, so you're not one of these, one of these guys who will say, hola and then get a response and have nowhere to go. No, no,
1: no. Okay, uh, so you're
0: not faking it. Yeah, I'm not Blake Griffin. Uh, <laughs> Ola,
1: that was hilarious, wasn't it? Did you see the thing when him and Donchick were in Mexico City? I did not. So they were, they were, they, the, the Pistons were playing the Mavs, and they asked these two guys to speak to the crowd. Donchick goes on a speech in perfect Spanish. He knows Spanish. It was he goes on for probably three minutes. Es un para nosotros estar aquí. Muchas gracias por recibimiento, y espero que disfruten del juego. México And then they give it to Blake, and Blake is laughing the whole time. Like this dude knows Spanish. <laughs> they give Blake the mic. He says, "Hola, Mexico," and hands it back to. It was hilarious. I would love to do that one time. I would love to do our entire show one night. In Spanish. That's my goal. I'm, I'm, I'm only going to answer your questions uh, in Spanish. Do we all have to learn Spanish? No, you
0: don't have to. We, I'm we, just, anything I ask you, you're going to answer in Spanish. I'm going to answer in Spanish. Uh, Maybe we can do the steam room in Spanish at some point if it's still around in 20 years. Let's don't get carried away. Let's get to episode three. <laughs> let's, hey, let, hey, let's get to episode wait, three. Wait, let's get to our next segment. Hey, that's <laughs> thing. We will continue with uh, the steam room in just a second with a visit uh, from Tim Kiley, our longtime producer of Inside the NBA. Uh, and really dating back to the beginning of this podcast, all the way back to last week. <laughs> it is one of the most popular segments of the show. We're on a roll. Stay here in the steam room with us, y'all. You're listening to the Steam Room. Charles Barkley and Ernie Johnson, and uh, a regular visitor to the steam room. <laughs> this makes two weeks in a row. Is Tim Kylie the Thank producer? The producer of Inside the NBA. Will you notice anything different about me? Aside uh, from the fact, fact from that, the, you're, the that you're thing. wearing a, a robe yeah. with bad socks and sandals and, a, yeah. and something on your head. Uh,
2: you have a Steelers T-shirt on. No. Uh, Brittany was kind enough, our makeup girl, to actually put you
0: makeup, got makeup on.
2: on. I have makeup on because I love my that. wife. And you still look like that? I uh, know. My wife said if you come on the air looking like a cherry two weeks in a row, <laughs> that she'll kill me.
1: Well, you, know just, Mar, yeah, my, you know Mar. You know Mar. I'm just curious. You got on makeup right now. You still look like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm just perplexed. Uh, and of course, you know what we say. There's only been one person ever who looks worse with makeup on. Oh, uh, Reggie Reg- Reg- Theus. Well, two of them. Yeah.
2: Reggie Reg- Theus and Rick Fox. Yeah, yes. The, yeah. Makeup Absolutely. hurts them. Yes, yes they it do. do. It helps the rest of them. Yeah.
1: Half man, half makeup. Okay. All right, so Darnie, what you got we, are, local we have our scene? local
2: news background, so we have to uh, get oh, rolling by the, with that. by the way, we have intro music for you. That's what I heard. Roll it. We're from time, we that great would Let me stir. Steelers. Chuck Lowe and all his friends are all on their feet. You like poker
1: Go music, Chuck? I'm Steelers. black, TK. Brand it's Brand good music. You, 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 how many, you ever been to a polka place that all black people?
2: No, you haven't. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm grateful to be allowed to come in here with uh, such eminent folks, and my poor little job is to read uh, the local news stories, stories of the weird, the ones that Ernie and I grew up loving so much. Okay. Eight Line San Diego. Man eats, this, uh, eats at the same Chick-fil-A for 114 days in a row, minus Sundays. Mm-hmm. And I'm told we have the story. Inside this Carmel Mountain Ranch Chick-fil-A, history was made. Mark Mendenhall ate here 114 days in a row. It wasn't without hardships. We went up to Disneyland, and then the crazy thing was is that I drove all the way back here, got my order, got my picture taken, and drove all the way back up to Disneyland to finish out some rides with my family.
0: See, I'm not, that story does not amaze me because I feel like I've been to Chick-fil-A at, at least 114 times in a row at different points. When you have kids and you got a Chick-fil-A nearby, you just can't help it, be there.
1: That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. What? You don't go to Chick-fil-A that often, like this dude. Yeah, it, it it
0: seems that way. Well, but Chuck, you'll
1: enjoy Chick-fil-A it. Chick-fil-A is awesome. It I, is. I, I like Chick-fil-A.
0: Yeah.
2: But once every three weeks. Oh, I couldn't do that. Chuck, his favorite uh, meal is the original chicken sandwich, yeah. fries, and a Diet Coke with extra ice. You know, yeah. you always got to polish off fast food with a Diet Coke. I got to take the I, pickles off mine, too. I'm trying to figure out the extra ice thing. So you're not drinking as much. Yep, yeah, but like... You don't have to ask for extra ice. Apparently, they knew to give it to him. That's how well-known he yeah, is. Yeah, because they know he's the food
1: going to come in every day for 114 straight days. <laughs> What's your next one?
2: Dateline wow. Brazil, Ernie. Anything for moms. A 43-year-old Brazilian man dressed up as his mother to take her driving test after she has failed. Is like psycho. A man in Brazil went to great lengths to help his family member pass a driver's test. He sure did. This is a 43-year-old man, and he's been arrested uh, for dressing up like his mother to take her driving test for her. Uh, apparently, the 60-year-old mother kept failing her driving test and wanting to be a good son. He said, don't worry, Mom, I'm going to go take it for you. He put on a floral dress, makeup, wig, the whole deal. Actually worked for a while until he got in the car with the instructor, and she realized, you don't look like anyone on the ID here. Maybe oh, to, the tagline, Ernie, you know the tag is always important in local news. Yeah. The instructor <laughs> The instructor did say he was dressed nicely with male, nails well done and makeup. Anybody who has a trouble with that Chick-fil-A story <laughs> shouldn't after they hear that actually, story. I actually think
1: that's impressive. I got it. Impressive. <laughs> yeah, I I Ernie, that's a perfect son. Come on, Ernie. I mean, listen, <laughs> that's we go so wrong. <laughs> <That's, man. laughs>
2: That's so and first wrong. of all, he doesn't that's, look. He that's, does, that's Tony Perkins in Psycho. No, there's no question. That's no. I wouldn't you know. hurt him. Mother, fly. I wouldn't hurt him. Yeah, good just. I mean, <laughs> that creeps me out. That, I have to It creeps me so, out. My man, you are a great son. All right, one more. Chuck, yeah. Riverside, California, Dateline. Thank you, Ernie. A man asked a street artist to do his portrait, then promptly stole the artist's bag. It had five hundred bucks in it. But this genius left something behind.
1: Riverside police are looking for the man in this caricature portrait after he stole $500 from the artist. The man approached the caricature artist and he asked for a portrait. But once done, the suspect grabbed the artist's money bag and ran off. Riverside police say this caricature is the suspect, but
0: obviously his features and characteristics have been exaggerated.
2: If, tag they're, if they're Ernie. not, he's not much of an artist. Wait, uh, if they need any help, tagline Ernie. Uh, just to be thorough, the cops did say he's five feet, one inches tall. Average build. It's always average yeah. build. With a mustache. Yeah. And so well, an angel's house. hat on backwards.
1: Hey, let me just say this. If somebody give you lips that big, you should steal their money. <laughs> Come on, man. That's like fat apple's lips right there.
0: Come on, man. You That's can- got to be the first. That has got to be a first of its kind crime <laughs> where you rob a caricature artist <laughs> and who was who was busy at that point <laughs> come rendering man. your likeness onto a hey, man onto can't make a my man's lips that
1: big. He deserved to have his money stolen, so <laughs> they haven't caught this guy yet. They have not caught him yet. Well, won't be long though, aren't it, it, it
2: won't be long, no. and it's not long <laughs> for me.
1: Hey, this guy just—oh my god, I can't believe that. Those were three good ones, TK. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, oh, did you get? Did you,
1: did you see my public apology to you?
2: No. What did you say?
1: I apologize because. I'm sick of the Cleveland Browns. They're the most mouthy group in the world. And before the season, I followed that idiot Fiorello against you. <laughs> I followed him down the hole saying we were going to go to And I don't told you, I don't even care who went between the Steelers and the Browns. But he had talked me into it. This is the year we're going to take over the world. And now they stink and they won't shut up. So I, I started the show off on first thing. I apologize to you. Yeah, pretty impressive, isn't it? I am. Now you should Thank apologize you. to us for letting us look at those Thank legs, you.
2: okay? They're some pins,
0: right. aren't they? <laughs> when we come back, uh, it's Chuck's answering machine. Yes. You'll want to be around for that. Yes. And uh, I'm on my way to Chick-fil-A. We're back here in the steam room. Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley. I haven't committed this phone number to memory yet. 404-987-0330. 404-987-0330. It's Chuck's old school answering machine where you can call that number, leave a message, and if it's entertaining enough, it will be read. Yeah, don't be mean. It'll be listened to. Don't be mean, fools. Here on... um, Here on the steam room and how many do we have three for this week again okay let's listen to number one
1: you've reached Charles Barkley leave a message America hi Charles Barkley this is Denise from Youngtown Arizona and I just want to say that all of you guys are fabulous all you guys are funny but mr. Barkley I want to say keep up the good work with the weight loss I love you, and I know you can drop whatever else you're trying to drop. You don't have to go vegan. Just eat in moderation. You're looking great. Tell the crew. I said, good job. I hope that you guys are on TV for many more years. Much love, and happy holidays. Oh, Denise, that's so sweet. Wasn't that a compliment? Well, well, first of all, all, number one, thanks for the call. But you can see Ernie... People like her make our job and life fun. you know, I'm pretty sure there's some mean people calling in, just like you know all those idiots on the internet and things like that. they say mean things all the time. But when you meet somebody like this lady or she takes the time to call in, it makes our job fun, and I hope I get to meet her
0: sometime. Denise, that was very, very nice. very nice. Um, now let's hear call number two.
2: Yo, Charles, this is Leon. I just wanted to know, what kind of cologne do you wear? You look like you smell good. Everybody's always happy to see you. I just want to know. I want to get on your way. Thanks, man.
0: You look like you smell
2: you good. good. You Le- look Le- like
1: you smell good. Uh, Leon, uh, first of all, I, I've i never
0: used cologne. Oh, come on, I'm man. I'm serious. Come on.
1: I've never used cologne. Really? Uh-uh. Nope. Why? I have, I have not a single...
0: Not a single? Bottle of cologne. I do not. No high karate. Uh, No Roman Brio back in the day. Uh, No. No polo in the green bottle. (laughs) No. I I just... um, Have people given you cologne before? They have. And what did you do with it? I uh, threw it, it away. Put it next to your
1: uh, Rosetta Stone. Right now. No, I, I, I've just one thing I've never gotten into. I've never used... There's been a couple times, you know, somebody in your family give it to you, you use it for like three days. No, you're saying that you have. I, I'm talking about... You know, when somebody gives you something for Christmas, like when your daughter gives you something for Christmas, uh, and you know how I put it on, Ernie? I spray it in the air and walk into it. Uh-huh. But... I don't uh why would and like I say, I do you do you wear a cologne every day? No, I don't. Okay, so so I was like and I'm not just gonna break it out on special occasions, but I have a I like I, said, I probably use cologne ten to fifteen times my whole life, but I keep none at the house.
0: Were there players back in the day when you were playing? Oh who phew. after a game would shower and then be walking out of that. There's some guys I thought bathe in that uh brute.
1: All <laughs> oh, that soap on a rope stuff, uh J that old spice,
0: oh yeah,
1: oh my goodness, there's a couple guys who like you know you're only supposed to put it you can smell them coming around the corner <laughs> no i play I played with probably five or six guys. Was we, there one guy in particular who overdid it with the cologne Cliff Robinson, uh-huh, first of all, he took the clip. the quickest showers, we used to call him drive through shower cliff. <laughs> like it's, it's like he walked through the water. First of all, he's really a nice guy he was a good player. but uh, he, we like this guy like we'd be doing interviews. he walked in the shower and before we finished like two questions, he was back out. yeah it's like he 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 did a drive by shower we used to tell him and then covered it up with, and covered up with uh, old
0: spice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to our last answering machine call. Charles, how are you my man? It's Jay Wright. Hey, congratulations on your new show. You guys sound great. But, man, you know your propensity to say crazy things. I let let Ernie talk more. <laughs> it's dangerous with you having this much airtime, And don't say anything crazy about us here in Philly. You know we all still love you. Take care, buddy. Best to Ernie. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Jay. What a
1: good dude. Uh, first of all, I like the word propensity. Mm-hmm. You know, Jay Wright is obviously one of the best coaches in the – uh, in the world, my daughter went to Villanova. Summer, to V up. Me and Jay started out together in Philadelphia back in the early '80s, and we hung out and had a blast. Uh, he's, met, he's married to Patty, who's amazing. Got a bunch of kids. But when we were first, when I first got to Philly, and uh, that's when Villanova first started doing well, we used to hang out. All the time, he's always been a great-looking dude. Uh, he, we used to call. Yeah, he it,
0: can dress.
1: Uh, he can dress now. He didn't dress then. Oh, really? No, he didn't dress back then. He dressed great now. He got all that money now, but he didn't dress great back then. You think he uses cologne? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he's uh, he's uh, he's smooth. <laughs> uh, but you know, he's just a good guy. And the thing I like about him the most, he's the same guy from 84, 85. Like, when he went away, I forget the college he went to, and before he came back and got the Villanova job. But he's the same guy, Ernie. He's never changed. Even when he won a couple national championships, even when he got upset a couple times, people giving him a hard time for being the number one seed getting upset. He's a flat-line
0: guy. He's always been the, the nicest guy. That's about going to wrap it up for uh, the steam room. Speaking of cologne and good smelling stuff, Cap, our producer, got me some Play-Doh for Christmas. Remember, in the first episode, yeah, I you told like, you, you like I the love smell. the way this. Smell that Play-Doh. you got to love the smell of Play-Doh. I, don't Dang. you love the smell of
1: Play-Doh? I, I no, I, I've never heard those words before. I love that.
0: How do you open this thing? Just stick your finger in there and pull oh, that stuff uh, out, man. It doesn't just come out in one thing. Why? What are you trying to do?
1: I'm trying to get it out. I haven't tested stuff in 50 years. It's not. It's actually a fun thing to do. Yeah, and it smells
0: great. Stop it, Ernie. Man, well, this is exciting. Oh. By the next by the next edition of the steam room, Charles may have gotten yeah. all of the play doh. Out of the container. Trying to think what you would make with this. See, so you can make any number of things. That's the. I know, but I, that's the magic of Plato. Uh, hey, uh, again, answering machine number as we uh, as we leave the air uh, for this episode four zero four nine eight seven zero three three zero. Thanks for calling in.
1: Thank you, Jay. The niece and Leon.
0: Very good memory right there, Chuckster. Not just a pretty face, Ernie. That's awesome, man. Not we'll just... see you on the next edition of The Steam Room. It'll be after Christmas and after the first of the year. Yes, sir. We're going to start out 2020. Hey, with have a bang. great
1: 2020, America.
0: Yeah. See you all. Thanks.